Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody and welcome to Expose Dragged Out. My name is Joseph Shepard and each week we dive into the lives of those individuals who may or may not have been on a RuPaul's Drag Race franchise. And it's Tuesday. That means it's Classic Tuesday where we take those interviews that I have done on the internet of Exposed and we bring them to life in podcast form fully unedited, uncut, and you get all the tea that may have been left out. Uh, This week, it is the absolute privilege of bringing on Jenny Lemon from UK Season 2. She's very controversial. And let me just say, um, (laughs) when we were setting this up, I miscalculated the time zones because she's in the UK. And I ended up calling her one hour early And I was like, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. I'll call you back in an hour. And Jenny was like, no, you're going to sit with me as I do my makeup and I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to interview you. So the first hour um, before we even started recording, Jenny and I just had like full conversations and she was, you know, spilling some tea. And, you know, there was rumors on the interwebs that um, there was a big fight that happened between her and RuPaul and Jenny debunked that or said that that wasn't true in multiple interviews but the thing she told me was I have to wait a year until I can say what happened but what was said that happened may have some legs so take that with whatever grain of salt that you want maybe that fight was real and enjoy this episode of Expose the Classics with Jenny Lemon. You fancy a slice? Well, they were introduced to many of us on season two of RuPaul's Drag Race UK, where they shocked us with their dramatic exit, leaving us not fancying a slice, but fancying the whole thing. Their name's Jenny Lemon, and they're about to be exposed. Hey, Jenny. I am Bob's. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fabulous. I didn't realize that we're starting now because we've been gossiping for half an hour. I thought you were filming all that crap. I've got to do it all over again. All over again. Oh, the world will you. never know what was said out of Jenny Lemon's mouth. <laughs> 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 now, 
Jenny, you were born and raised in, how do you say this? Is it Worcester? <laughs> no, try it again. <laughs> I did again. Try it again. What is it? Worcester. Worcester. Worcester, yeah, yeah. Worcester. I mean, it's spelled Worcester, Cheshire, but it's just Worcester. What What was it like uh, growing up? Well, I mean, it's pretty much in the sticks. We're kind of at the arsehole end of Birmingham. So we're kind of in between the Cotswolds, a little bit near Wales. So we're kind of nowhere and everywhere at the same time. So there wasn't really a, a kind of solid base of a queer community in Worcestershire, unfortunately, until the past couple of years when I've been working very tirelessly with the local councils and the community to create Worcestershire Pride, which has been running for three, four years now. So eventually we're kind of, we're getting there now, the awareness is there, but most of the time I work in Birmingham, which is just about half an hour away in the car. So, you know, I call myself the Queen of the West Midlands. (laughs) What, What were you like when you were a little child? I was a bastard. Really? An absolute bastard. Honestly, I was I was a big fat kid and I was a bit of a bully and I was so full of anger. You wouldn't believe it. Like I was so, so full of anger. So to begin with, anyway, to, and then went to high school and then everything started to get a bit weird and trying to sort everything out. And I was a bit like, what? But I was always very, um, you know, I was never really beat up or anything like that because I could always look after myself and protect myself. So I was always, people were always a bit scared of me, I think. <laughs> but it kept me safe, so fabulous. When when you say that you were angry, like, what would you get angry at? Well, the world. I was so angry at the world. I think growing up in, in a as a queer person in a straight world, the world is so confusing. And I grew up in the 90s where things were only starting to change. I mean, we couldn't get married here in the UK until only a couple of years ago. So, I mean, things are, they're kind of stagnant and you kind of have to push and force. And the UK that I know now is nothing like the UK I knew growing up because it was very, you know, being gay, being queer, being different is, it was just, it was, you just didn't do it. You know, we kind of, as as English people, we're kind of, ignorance is built into our education. You know, we're, we're a very stupid nation. Is that is that what you think? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, like, come on. The UK is, like, really bigoted, really, like, behind on their ideals. Yet, sometimes they're pushing forward, but they cannot see and cannot learn from their mistakes. And you see, like, in the politics today, people are repeating the same mistakes that they made years ago because we're stuck with this horrible conservative government who are basically fucking us all in the ass without buying us a meal first. <laughs> or using lube. Yeah, all well, I don't know, sometimes I like that. Spit would be too funny. When did you first remember in your either teenage years or even before that, do you remember the first time that you remember that you're not as straight as they come? Oh, well, I kind of... Um... I kind of always knew that I was different. You know, I think a a lot, I said before with the anger, like I always, also I was always very kind of like insular at the same time. I was always watching. I was always keeping an eye out for people and observing the ways that people are. And I kind of clocked on very early that this sort of queer nature about myself isn't something that's celebrated. So I would kind of remain silent, but angry, (laughs) silent, but angry. Um, until I was able to get to that place when I went to college, university, meet other queer people and fully be myself. But until then, I, I was living in my own sort of personal prison. I think that's the thing that like stinks. Like, you know, like looking back on it, I'm always like, oh, those teen years, if I would have just been comfortable to be myself and 
not fear the conservative aspect of where I lived. And just like, that would have been, that's the dream situation. Like that's like, it's so sad when you miss out on those integral years. Well, I mean, I experienced being gay a little bit, you know, <laughs> there was always the evening, but during the day, you know, that was a different story. That was a different story. You kind of had to um, survive a, you know, I came from a very working class family in a very working class town. And, and we went to a very kind of, you know, the school that we were into went into special measures. It was kind of very rough and very ready. So you kind of had to be ready to fight whenever, really. When did you fall into the drag aspect? When did you first, you know, put on an outfit or makeup or clothes? Like, do you remember that moment? Well, I kind of always have. Like, I think growing up, to me, gender has always been very fluid and very kind of elusive at the same time. So dressing up has always been part of my life, even if I'm playing different characters or, you know, very early memory childhood is, is wearing a, a towel as a turban and a dressing gown and thinking I was Diana Ross. You know, those are my sort of early things. So the dress up and then every Halloween would come. I think when it got serious is when I started thinking about creating a whole character and how that character would come across, you know, as opposed to just me dressing up. And, you know, I, I kind of like to have a bit of separation every now and again from Ginny and from me, Lewis, the artist. When you first started performing, was your name always Jenny Lemon? No, I had... um. I had another character, um, you know, I'm very much a character-based artist, but I fully go into the character and then the character disappears. So how long we're going to have Ginny, I do not know, but I know she's due for retirement soon. Um, but I, I used to perform under another name called Lewis Spout Backwards, three words, Lewis Spout Backwards. And I was basically like an angry punk poet. I, I played an angry gay man. And then, you know, a lot of these characters are based on me, uh, funnily enough. And then that character kind of, they met there, they mysteriously disappeared. It was a mysterious disappearance. And then Ginny started to appear as a way of, you know, I started doing drag in 2016 when my sister died. It was a way of me coping with grief and it really enabled me to escape. Ginny was the, a very fully formed character, the way she looks, the way she acts, the way she does this. I mean, it's only been since doing Drag Race that it's kind of you see the audience first time gets to see me and Ginny and now I'm like mm -hmm. I don't know what my bloody act is anymore like I went in to make people laugh and there I am sobbing about being non-binary like it was complete shock so yeah I mean I, I have been a different name before and Ginny is now and then what the future holds I, I don't know but I mean Ginny is knackered Babs knackered oh but see, I like that aspect that it's kind of like, you know, you're treating the drag aspects as little characters. Like you're, you're kind of like on your own variety show. You know what I mean? Like each one is somebody that you crafted and did. And I think that that's actually really cool and really interesting. And it kind of like lets me understand more into your world as well. Because, you know, you on the show, a lot of people are like, oh, was it an act? Or why isn't this drag? Or what's this and that? Mm -hmm. What do you say to people who say that your drag isn't drag? It's not drag. It's better than drag. <laughs> who the hell has the right to tell me what drag is or isn't? Are, have these bitches been on RuPaul's Drag Race? No, I have. You know, so... <laughs> Nobody can tell me what drag is or isn't. Drag is what it should be for you. 
you know, the same person telling me that my drag, saying that women shouldn't do drag, that trans people shouldn't do drag, that anybody shouldn't do drag, they can all go fuck themselves and anyone can do drag and anyone can do what the hell they want. As long as they're not hurting anyone else, you do you, hun, and I'll just keep doing me. And if somebody doesn't think that I'm not doing drag, then I'm a bit like, why are you so insecure thinking about my drag when you should be looking at your own shitty drag? Because, baby, the amount of drag queens out there, they are 10 to a dozen. I look at half of these girls that have been on Drag Race and they blur into one. I see a cut crease. I see, uh, I see lace front. I see pads. I see the same goddamn makeup, outfit, shapes, material, moving their mouths to other people's songs. Please, darling, don't. Don't you dare tell me what drag is or isn't. Check yourself. Watch yourself. I love that answer. I love how real you are, Jenny. Like, that's like, oh, chef's kiss. You- I don't give a shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I've just been on national television in lockdown. I've been promised the world, and the world has been taken away from me. So I don't give a shit, you know? I have literally got to the point of, like, I'm going to do me from now on. I don't care what people say online about me. Like, whatever. They're still talking about me. I mean, they're still talking about me. Some of the other girls are not talking about, you know. They're talking about me. They're talking about Bimini. Good. Thank you. Series done. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, that is true, too, because even with the preview that they showed for the last episode, you know, you had your face moment that started going all over Twitter. I'm like... Jenny is here to stay, like, true winner of season two of Drag Race, right? <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. RuPaul has never said Ginny Lemon sashay away. So I could still win the crown. You could. Technically. Gonna... If you look at your things, you know, if you know, the fans out there want to read it away, then I've never been told to sashay away, baby. Never. Now, what made you want to audition for Drag Race? Mm. I wanted to up my booking fee, baby. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to take it to the next step. I've been doing drag for so long. I would be foolish not to do it. Even if I don't agree with some aspects of it, baby, I've got to sell out and make some coin because otherwise drag is not earning. Like I said, there's so many of us out there. You've got to fight and you've got to go out there and stand out. So I auditioned for the first season and I auditioned for the second and I would have auditioned for the third, you know. Yeah, I can be wacky, I can be stupid, but I also know that if I get on that telly show, I'm going to get more followings and I cannot be booking fee. I mean, simple as. I'm not there to be best friends with Rue. I don't give a shit. I'm there to up my fee. Looking, looking at your time on the show, did you enjoy it? Did I enjoy doing it or watching it? Uh, let's go with watching it. Did you enjoy watching yourself on the TV? No. No, I didn't. No, I really, I dis- disliked it. When I left, I was so glad that I could just watch it and enjoy it and not be scared that I was going to be on it. <laughs> like, it was really so petrifying because it's, you know, it's the one time where I don't have artistic control. Usually I'll film a video, put it out there, or do interviews or like that. I did my bits and bobs, pissed off for a year, and then the editing team, you know, edits away, blah, 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 blah. So God knows what I, I had no idea. So... Watching it, I was in utter fear every single time my face came on the screen. It's horrible. Oh. Well, what about when you were actually filming the show? Were you enjoying it until that last moment? Well, I mean, you are working your ass off. Do you know what I mean? You have to get up in the morning and you really have to do, you do, so, you know, they're being like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, they look like a bitch. You know, it's all very, very intense. 
but I did have a lovely time. You know, I'm very much, <laughs> people don't believe this, but I'm very much a professional. I'm going in, I'm going to do a job. I never went in as a contestant. I went in as a television personality. And that's exactly the way I treated it. You know, I thought I was going to go home first. So the fact that I stayed longer than that, I mean, I, I genuinely thought people would just hate me. So the fact that I had such a positive reaction, that it, it made it all good. I mean, I, I hate getting up early. So that for me is, is a no-no. And I, and I like regular, you know, eating times. I like to have my tea at a certain time so I can do my shit on an evening and feel relaxed. But if you're filming so, and then not eating until 11 o'clock at night. So, I mean, as a mardy old bitch, I didn't enjoy the filming process, but I did enjoy meeting everyone, meeting all the queens, working with all the people and seeing some familiar faces as well. You know, back in the old television game, it's nice to see some people backstage. Um, so I did have a hoot, but it would have been a lot better if I was been able to not be trapped in lockdown, if I could have gone to viewing parties and made made a bit of money. Maybe that would have been yeah. nice. Thinking, oh, I spent my life savings on this show and I'm still in debt. <laughs> that, that must so bad to go oh. into the show thinking that lockdown's probably going to be over by the time everything happens and then you get out and you're stuck for months and months and months on end do you have you had any good monetary things come in have you had any jobs or bookings or is it just dead no i, I mean i've been very lucky i've been managed to maintain work but i'm working on an online format which is something i'm very unfamiliar and uncomfortable with i'm not a social media queen you know i'll go on twitter and do a bit of trolling and i'll post a picky on instagram but that's about it you know i've had to join tiktok and think how can i make you know people go oh you can be an influencer i want how the fuck do you influence like oh hey hey guys buy this this thing that somebody sent me out so i've got to learn to do all that when i'm just so used to being like an on-stage performer meeting people you know talking to people having a chat and now i've got to be like hey guys you know, so it, I just feel a bit weird about doing it. I'm not saying that I can't do it, but it's like I'm so used to just going out there, performing, doing me bits and bobs. And now I've got to change it to being like, right, I could do an online show. I could sell some merch. I can get this. I can get that. But it'd be so much nicer if I had my own little stool and sold a T-shirt so I could chat to the people, you know. I, I feel... Yeah. I've, and I feel guilty that I can't answer messages on Instagram and, or, you know, I feel this great big sense of guilt that I can't talk to people and I want to be out there chatting to people. And that's kind of what gets me down the most, really. Yeah, I mean, and also I would guess that a Jenny Lemon performance at a club or something is totally different than a RuPaul's lip sync. So what do you normally expect at a Jenny Lemon show if I were to go? Well, I always say to people, expect the unexpected, because I never know what I'm going to do when I go on that stage. And I like to keep it that way. I'm not one of these queens that will churn out the same material time after time after time. I mean, I will for the money, but, you know, <laughs> not for the fact. So I will go on that stage and, I, you know, I like to do my own songs. So I've been writing my own songs for 15 years, since I was two, 15 years. Um so I've been writing my own music and I and I what I like to do as well is to bring songs. You go and drag queens in the UK, we all sing the same songs. Somebody's up there singing Tina Turner and Whitney Houston every single night. So I'm not gonna do that. I'd rather go up there and sing a bit of Tori Amos or Kate Bush or Enya, something a bit more alternative. So I'm kind of catering for those alternative people people out there that love drag and love that community, but don't necessarily want to see some old racist queen singing time after time, you know? 
because it's been done. It's done and it's dead and I need burying. I'm kind of that traditional drag, but with a forward-thinking mind. So you can come and have a good old-fashioned laugh, but hopefully I'm not going to offend anyone because I'm not a bigot or an idiot. I like. I can't wait. Like I want you to come over here to the states. I want to see a Ginny Lemon show. I want to be front row. I want to put on uh, Bimini's breastplate and just like right there in the front for a good yeah. old Ginny Lemon show. Now slap those titties. That's what I did. <laughs> slap them. Slap them with permission. Slap them. Slap them. Yes, of course we get permission. Um, speaking of being on the show and of Bemini, you had a very heart-to-heart conversation with her about being non-binary. And the biggest thing that I think I got from that, and I was so proud of you, and I was so happy to see this on television because this is such a hard thing to even for the heterosexual producers and stuff to be able to put this on television. And here in the US, you know, when it was, you would have a trans queen or somebody on the show, the conversation would be like two sentences. It'd be like, oh, you know, I'm trans. And then it'd be like, all right, next on the runway. And it's like, okay, well, that's not, I didn't get to learn, but I actually learned from your conversation. And I um, was with uh, Latrice and Manella and for their podcast and we were discussing, and I was like, this was like the first time that I had seen this conversation and I'm understanding it. So what did that mean to you in that moment? Did you even expect for that to happen? Oh my God, like absolutely not. You know, I there's a comment on the, after the conversation where I just say to sister, you know, I just came here to make people laugh. Um, so for me, I was not expecting the the impact of that conversation. At the time, it was just one human talking to another human and I was just expressing how I felt. I didn't realize, I mean, I didn't realize for a long time, to be honest. I mean, even now it, it kind of daunts me a little bit, the, the impact of that conversation. I, I had people saying to me it was the first time that that conversation's ever been had on television. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's making a bit of history, right? So and I wasn't yeah. intending to do that. So having to watch that back was one of the most difficult things in my life. I mean, seeing myself cry on screen, I was like, oh my God, this is traumatic said do drag race they said it'll be fun they said and then you know but my response kind of didn't matter when i started seeing the whole response from the public and the world like i said i had messages on instagram i get them now people seeing the episode even this morning i looked and i i can't i can't reply to all of them there are so many and i didn't realize that people needed this conversation so you know, I'm usually like a mardy old gobby bitch and I'm just out there having a laugh and doing me bits and bobs. But now I kind of feel a responsibility to to be that voice and to talk about being non-binary in a very approachable way. You know, I'm not going to get pissed off if you use the wrong pronoun, call you out on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. I'm more about education and conversation than cancel culture. You know, I want to talk. I want to get out there and talk to people. So I want to use this platform now to not only do my silly art bollocks, but to also sh- show visibility so other people can get out there and, and and do things. Because ultimately that moment wasn't about me anymore. Like I saw it and I thought, well, this, is, this has a greater meaning. So I need to follow that meaning as an artist. Yeah, and I think that one thing with our community is that when you are struggling with your own identity and trying to figure out who you are, you kind of forget that there are other identities besides you. So being able to see that was just like, 
wow. And that, you know, makes people want to research. And I'm very glad that you had that conversation. And if there's one thing that like I took away from the show was it literally was more knowledge. And I absolutely love that. So oh, well, thank, thank you. you. Well, thank you. I mean, that's, that's great. And I hope, I hope people watching that kind of take that message from it basically and, and to be themselves and to, and to just not, not come out, but just to be themselves, you know, just, just to live life. And if you want to break free from the binary, you break that binary baby. Like there's the, the only person stopping you is yourself. So I think just, just go for it. Oh, well, let's let's get into a little a little. Um, I think that there may have been a moment on this show, and you ended up in the bottom two, and then the song. There was a song playing, um, and I, I I'm remembering this very very vividly, and I think that you just and walked out. I blacked out. I can't remember a thing. It was only until I was washing the cum off my hands I even knew I'd gone. When did you know that you were going to walk off? Oh, the moment I did it. The moment you did it. So it literally, it wasn't like you thought about it right before the lip sync song. Did you actually think you were going to lip sync that song? Well, well I'll be honest with you. I didn't think I was I was going to be lip syncing. I thought I was going to be winning because I was amazing in the challenge and they couldn't have edited it another way. I was hilarious and I did the thing I needed to do. I mean, my outfit was a bit shaky, but all my outfits are a bit shaky. Now that's very on brand. Um, but no, I was, I was quite, um, hmm, what's, I've got to, I said, I've got to talk very carefully about it because I'm essentially lying. Um, so in a year's time, I can talk about it really. Were you, <laughs> were you frustrated? I guess what I'm guessing is that you probably were, were you frustrated with the feedback and the critiques because you did do well? I was kind of more frustrated at myself because it, it really became not fun. <laughs> like it really got to a moment and I thought, hang on, like this is, this is kind of, you know, there's stuff that goes on backstage we all know that stuff i can't talk about and i thought some of the kind of standards of some people were slipping and i uh, personally spiritually emotionally couldn't do that anymore and i thought the best thing for me to do is to walk away in that situation and i think it was unjust that i was in the bottom i think it was but also i'm not bitter i don't care it is what it was there'll be another season in two seconds people forget about me who gives a shit so you know, there was a lots and lots of things going through my head at the moment. But I think ultimately I just couldn't be asked. Like mm -hmm. I'd been fabulous the whole time. It was like talking to dead dodos on the stage. I got oddly anything positive until I got a pair of tits on and they were like, Oh God, you know, oh God, you're so pretty. And I was like, Oh now I look like every other drag queen. You think I'm great, great. So I was very much like, okay. I've served out my picnic. No one's tempted by the buffet. I'm going to pack up my picnic basket and piss off to another pasture, basically. But no hard feelings. I mean, I had a lovely time and on reflection, I really don't give a shit. But at the time, mm -hmm. you know, I was quite mardy about things that were going on backstage that shouldn't have happened, really. Yeah. Well, I think, too, like, I mean, you you make an iconic moment for yourself at the end of the day. I mean, you you do end up walking off. You do end up being talked about like crazy. Did you see any um, negativity or repercussions from that? 
No, I mean, I, um, I mean, I saw like a few, oh, I don't know, teenage just having a little whinge, but I was like, it's, it's, a, it's a telly show. Like I went out there and I know I was going to be criticised as well. So I kind of was a bit like, it's only, I mean, it pisses me off when people get a bit personal and, and they get a bit nasty. But I don't, if people hate me or hate the character or think, oh, you know, I should be shot dead because of what I've done, then that's their own opinion. I mean, opinions are like arseholes and most people have one. Yeah. Mm. What do you say when people say that you walking off took somebody else's spot? What do you mean took somebody else's spot? Like if you were going to go ahead and walk off, then why did you come on the show? I mean, I'd say who gives a shit, babes? Why are you asking me that question? Like, who cares? Like, do people care that much? Are people really give a shit that much that I walked off a television show? Like, come on, baby. Like, the world is burning. Global warming. I mean, shut the fuck up about Drag Race and go out and recycle. Ah! I, I love that. I, I think the one thing about you, Jenny, is that you are so real and you are so down to earth and there's a lot more than just, like, the character that, you know, people know or see on the TV. And you have to know your own truth too. So if you were obviously feeling a certain way because of how things were going behind the scenes, which I've talked to multiple queens and a lot of things do happen behind the scenes. Um, you, you deserve to be treated correctly. You deserve to be, you know, you have your version of drag and that is you. And you know, you shouldn't have to form into any type of box or anything. And if it's your time to go, you walk off, you made a name, the end of the day, screw the haters, you know? Exactly. And like, for me, it would have been a disservice to stay and, and to do the lip sync because, you know, ultimately those girls, they all wanted it more than I did. Like I went on for a laugh and taught me booking fee. Like they wanted to win and be RuPaul's next, um, what is it? Drag superstar. <laughs> They, they they wanted to have a random web series on YouTube. Yeah, they wanted that. And then it was like very important to them. And then I got there and I realized that I was on a very different journey. My goal was to get there and prove to myself that I could do that and be taken seriously in a platform that I choose to do it. But also, it's my platform, bitch, and I'll do whatever I want with it. Like, it's mine. Why? why I don't understand. Like, it's just a bit of telly at the end of the day. It's just a bit of, it's a bit of reality TV. Yeah. And I mean, when you watched yourself on the show, did the audience get the real Jenny Lemon? Did we get the full experience? Um, well, no, because I mean, how the hell can I express the whole Jenny Lemon experience with a bunch of other queens in a thing that only lasts, what, 45 minutes an hour? So, you know, I'm a lot more... Um, layered i suppose there's a lot more to me than than all you know but also you know there was a little slice of the Ginny life there but it's it's never the whole pie because i never know what i'm going to feel like in the day so i feel like i did myself um I, I don't walk away thinking oh god i made an absolute tit of myself or you know i don't regret anything i did or i don't think oh god that was a bad edit because i, I don't think i gave them anything to edit in a certain way you know i'm I'm a hustler as well. I know what I'm doing, bitch. It's telly. Like, sometimes you got to keep your mouth shut and smile. And I did that. So, and just do a little reaction face and go, ooh, and pretend you know who the celebrities are when they go, we've got so-and-so coming in this week. And you're like, stop. Okay, wait, 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 Jenny. I've always wanted to know about that because there will be times I'm watching and it'll be like, 
And today we have Hank Bobbitt. And I'm like, who? And everybody's like, woo! Do you guys actually no, know who no these idea. people are? No, no, I just pretend. I mean, I knew a few people were, but the rest of the people, I was just like, woo! And then I'd go, who's that? I'd turn to sister or Bim and go, who's that? Okay. Like, I literally, I don't watch telly. I don't listen to, like, modern culture. I'm not involved. So I like to be on telly. I don't like to watch it. Your friendships, you know, with, with Bimini was a really good one, seeing you guys bond over, you know, your moment. Um, do you still keep in contact with the girls after the show? Do you guys have a good friendship? Oh, absolutely. I mean, really, we, well, I mean, it's probably disintegrating a bit more now. People are in top four and they're getting a bit bitchier and whatever. But, um, you know, other, we, all got, we have a group chat. We all get on all right. I mean, I don't talk to them every day. I, I talk to Bimini and sister the most. Bimini, I've been friends with a long time before the show. So to see Bimini do so well and get to the top four and hopefully win. Um, and then, you know, that that's amazing. So, But my new friend has been sister that um, who had a terrible edit, um, who, you know, she's she's just so amazing and so funny and so lovely. So we've I've been able to make a new friend, which has been fabulous. That's absolutely amazing that, you know, you can go on there and end up with friendships that could last for a long time. And now that you're in this community, too, I mean, you have once you COVID finally stops, I'm sure that you're going to be like buddy old pals with the U.S. queens, too, which will be pretty cool. Well, I, you know, I've been working with a lot of the U.S. queens for a good few years. I've, I've been the little circle underneath, you know, when they get somebody who's like mildly famous in the U.K. to support. So I've been that, you know, 150, 200 pound gig in the, in the little circle. So I've been performing with a lot of these girls. And I mean, two of the girls in particular, I absolutely love. Detox, who is amazing to work with, such a lovely person and a good laugh. And just truly like, you know, we message every now and again. And also Pearl, who is again, just a diamond. Oh, I love and, Pearl. You know, Pearl, diamond. Um, it, it was just like absolutely gorgeous. And we message every now and again. And I mean, people like Manila I've worked with and they're, you know, they're just really, really, I've worked with some absolute dickheads as well, but some of them are really, really nice. <laughs> I mean, the American Queens, fuck me, their ego is out of whack. Like, yeah. oh my God, they think they are literally God's gift. And I'm there, you know, because I, I, and also I remember, an elephant never forgets that I'm there doing that shitty, you know, 200 pound gig or whatever it is, support act. They're looking at me like a piece of shit. And I'm like, bitch, I'm a rude girl now. You'll be supporting me one day. So you want to change your act. And I think that is not a way to treat people. When I'm backstage, I treat, you know, a superstar as much as I would treat bar mm -hmm. staff. I would treat them exactly the same because we're humans and we deserve to be treated that way. So some of these American girls need to get their fucking egos in check because they come over here acting as if they are God's gift. And I'm like, babes, you're getting paid a grand to move your fucking lips to somebody else's song. You ain't much, baby. You've just been on a telly show, you know? Yes! Oh, you keep it so real. Um, it's eager. I'm not naming any names. I'm not naming oh, any well, names. I'll tell you well, after. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a conversation, a sidebar after this, and I can throw the names out <laughs> yeah. there and we can ping pong them back. Um, when you <laughs> were also on the show, you mentioned that you suffer from fibromyalgia. I can't even say yeah, that right. Fine. Fibromyalgia. Has that affected your drag in any way? Like, has that affected your performances and stuff? Is that difficult to deal with? Um, it's very kind of, um, it's like a catch-22. It's really good for me to be out there doing something positive and moving with my body and feeling really great. 
so I can have such a release. And then some days, you know, I've done two or three shows and then I can't get out of bed. You know, that's me done for a day or two. That's just, you know, I mean, the worst thing is when I wake up and I can't use my hands. So it's like I'm trying to text or, you know, drink a glass of and I'm like, oh, I'm just like, you know, an absolute mess. But, you know, I also... I feel glad that I've got a, a diagnosis. You know, I feel good that mm-hmm. I've been suffering for something for years. It's taken me years to be diagnosed. Now I know what it is. I'm like, okay, like I'm just having a bit of a fibro day today. You know, I just mm-hmm. need to sit down, have my nana moment, and then carry on as opposed to being like, oh my God, I'm fucked. What's wrong with me? I don't know what's wrong with me. And all that worry in your head. I just think, oh yeah. no, I'm just having a bad day. It'll be all right tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. I need you to start doing like, like how they have like the calm app on your phone where it's like sounds and noises. I need like an ASMR Jenny Lemon. Like, I, I don't know what it is. When you talk, I just feel like I'm just so calmed out. It's like, okay. um, I think I always thought, I always, when I was younger, I either wanted to be a therapist or a performer. So I think as a drag queen, I ended up kind of being both. Yes. I, I mean, I feel that way this whole time in this conversation. You're a therapeutic drag queen. I mean. <laughs> a very holistic drag queen. Very there, holistic. there you go, Jenny. There's there's a new avenue for you to make money. Taking taking uh, online video calls. <laughs> well, you know, before all this in, a, in another life as well, I'm actually a qualified aromatherapist and I was going to train as um, a homeopathy and and do all of that thing so i was very much into that sort of thing so you know i might just once once i've killed Ginny off i can just go do something else for a bit i'd, I'd be a sort of tantric massage or something oh yes everybody loves good tantric massage, <laughs> ah, massage oh, yes Ginny, what would you say is the biggest misconception of you um that i give a shit i think that's it i think the misconception of me is the um the misconception of me i think is that people think that i'm like not good at drag or not doing drag i think that's the biggest misconception i think it just really shows there's a lot of sort of lack of education of of where we've ended up to really because if you're just literally thinking about drag in the terms of drag race then you don't know drag at all like it's not drag race has been the forefront of drag culture for what 10 years maybe a bit longer but before that, there was so, so much more. So I think the only misconception is that, you know, I'm trying to be anything else apart from me because I'm not. Like, I've, I'm there to do Ginny and I'm going to do Ginny the best. I'm not there to be, you know, and I'm not slagging off other queens when they wear lace front wigs. They look gorgeous. They look stunning. It's just not me. It's just not me. That's not my drag. What's, what's next down the pipeline for you? What do you have going on the rest of this year? What can people Ooh. expect from The mm. Lemon? In the pipeline is a great big shit. I'm just waiting to get out. That's what's in my pipeline. Ooh. Ooh, yes. Oh, I don't know. I'll just be hustling, trying to get the gigs. I've got a, a few little bits and bobs. I'm releasing an album in the summer. Um, what am I doing? I've got a modeling campaign coming up. That's um, exciting. Oh, well, I can't talk, couldn't possibly talk about anything. You know, it's all hush-hush. So I think the most exciting thing that I'm looking forward to the most is not being on television. That's the most exciting thing coming up, is I can, you know, log off from the internet, not give a shit about anymore, not worry that I'm going to be on the telly, and I can go back to being the true Ginny Pig that I am. Yes, I approve of that Ginny Pig. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, another thing that was that a lot of uh, the viewers at home learned too when you were on the Corona special was that you have a husband and a boyfriend. How how is that? How is a, a lovely three person relationship? Well, do you know what? I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Honestly, like loving two people is hard. It's hard work. You got to make sure the kisses are even. You got to make sure another. It's do you know what? I'm very very lucky to be honest. I've been with my husband now for I think it's over 15 years, um, and we met when I was you know my childhood sweetheart. So we've always been very kind of we've always communicated with each other and always spoke. So when it kind came to meeting Jack, we were kind of it was it felt natural it felt easy i mean the, the the bizarrest thing was falling in love falling in love with another person but not falling out of love it's kind of how do you deal with that but the most important thing that we found is just to keep communicating and talking and through all of that the love has just grown and just grown and grown so I, I feel very lucky you know sometimes it gets a bit hot in the bed and there's not enough space but apart from that i feel very lucky <laughs> you're gonna have to get eventually one of those humongous beds that I keep seeing. It's like bigger than a California, it's like an Alaskan. It's like yeah. nine feet, yeah. This is exactly get why I went, on, I went on to bloody drag race to earn loads of money so I could be a sugar daddy to both my boys. Now I'm stuck up bloody home in a king size <laughs> bed and I want a Supreme. <laughs> now, Judy, my last question for you is what's a message that you have for our beautiful LGBTQIA plus community? Like words of wisdom or something that, you know, that is stuck with you? Don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> that's stuck with me, that has. Don't eat yellow snow, guys. That's it. It's coming straight yeah, yeah. from her. I mean, come on, I can't be the voice of of all of us or a nation, you know, when I'm not going to have everyone's problems because as a community, we've got so many. But the only thing I can say is that we need to stop fighting within the ranks. We need to join forces. We need to love each other. And, you know, ultimately, I hate to fucking say it, but you got to love yourself, baby, because if you can't love yourself, how the hell is RuPaul going to make any money? Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Jenny, for being here with me and exposing yourself. This conversation was beautiful. I loved it. I can't wait to see what um, is up next with you. Um, where can people find you on the social medias? So I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Give Me a Instagrams. Um, I'm on Tic Tacs. Uh, I've got tubes, you, your tubes, <laughs> all that bollocks, really. Just Google me. I'm very famous. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jenny, once again. Um, if you guys love this interview, please uh, comment below, subscribe, give it a good likey-likey. Um, and also, Jenny, Jenny, are you on the cameo? Yes, I'm doing those now, actually. That's what I've got to do. I've got to do my cameos now. So if you want a personalized message and to pay my bills, please book a cameo. Yes. Well, until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard, and that's the beautiful Jenny Lemon. Oh, gotcha. Expose yourself. Ooh.